Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andrew P. Shea. Our show is brought to you by 409tailgateclub.com. For all your barbecue needs, whether it's barbecue sauces, the barbecue rubs, the Bloody Mary mix, the place to go, that's 409tailgateclub.com. Don't forget their new coffee rubs that they just recently announced. Andy and I could both attest to their quality. All right, Andy, let's get right to the news. Uh, Most of the news this week came from uh, James Franklin's press conference, and they also had the uh, young players uh, met the media. But I want to start with something else. Announcement came out, the Penn State invitees to the Combine. It's an impressive list with Jair Brown, P.J. Mustafer, Joey Porter Jr., Juice Scruggs, Brenton Strange, Mitchell Tinsley, and Parker Washington. A very impressive list, but... Noticeable by his absent, Sean Clifford. Your thoughts on Clifford missing that invite? Yeah, I, I don't think he deserves an invite. It's not, it's not a surprise to me at all. I'm, he's, you know, as I said during the regular season, but he was a 24-year-old, six-year quarterback. He's been hurt. He's been injured. He's had to adjust his game. A little bit because of that. Um, I don't think he showed the down the field arm any of the last two years, even though, you know, I would make a case that in 2022, he had his best year as Penn State's starting quarterback overall. I, I don't think he has, he has the NFL arm strength. I just don't think he has that. NFL deep arm. He's limited mobility wise because of some of the injuries that he suffered pretty clear in the modern NFL game. Your quarterback's got to have some juice in their legs as well. I mean, is he going to take his shot? Does he get his shot? Yeah. Has he set himself up pretty well outside of football to have a career not related to football? He's pretty smart kid. He's He's definitely done that, but there was just, he never entered my thought process as a kid who could possibly a quarterback be in, as a quarterback be invited to the NFL combine. He just never was on that radar for me. I've, I've changed a bit my thinking on this, Andy, and I think, I don't think there's any chance in the world Sean Clifford's going to go to the NFL and be a star. He doesn't have the big enough arm and so on, but there are got remember Trace McSorley's been in the NFL for several years. Matt McCloin spent several years in the NFL. I could see Sean Clifford being a backup quarterback somewhere, having that kind of career. Um, you know, even an extra coach type person in the quarterback room. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he carved out a niche somewhere. Let's move on though from that topic and hit the the press conference from earlier this week with James Franklin. And let's stick with the quarterback conversation. 
obviously all eyes are going to be on Drew Aller going forward. And I think a bigger deal was made of it. You know, James Franklin announced Drew Aller was the starter. Well, if he did, that would be no surprise. And actually the way James put it was, well, somebody has to go first in line. The other part of the quarterback conversation is we've got to see the quarterback step up as leaders. How important is that, Andy? So in terms of the leadership, there's going to be a void at the quarterback position with Sean Clifford being done, right? From it started a little bit in 19 as a young starter, but even though he had a terrible year in 2020, basically for the past three seasons, you've had an identifiable leader as a person and a player on this offense. And that was Sean Clifford. So that is a gap that needs to be filled. There's nothing that says Drew Aller is not a leader, but you got to see it to know it. Right. Um, And Sean was a very strong leader. Even when he was playing bad, he was still a strong leader. And, I think that will be a little bit of a challenge gap for Drew Aller to fill. Again, saying that meaning I don't think it's not like I don't think he can do it. It's just something he has to grow into. Um, in terms of a competition and somebody after being first, I, I believe James will create competition because there needs to be. Drew Aller needs to be uncomfortable and get better. And he knows that. And he needs to be pushed. And they are going to push him and create a competition. But, you know, they have a horse that's a really strong clubhouse leader in terms of who's going to get the starting job. So, but I do feel that there will be competition. And I think Bo Perpool is a good competition guy because he is an extremely competitive football player. How about I put it that way? Well, And also, as few numbers as you have in the quarterback room, Bo Pribble is important. You've got to make sure he sticks around and give him that incentive to stick around. So I'm telling Drew Aller is your starter as long as he remains healthy. That's the way it goes. Sticking with that quarterback room, uh, James Franklin was also asked about bringing in a transfer portal quarterback, a veteran, because the, it is so young there. Drew Aller, Bo Prabul are in their second year. Um, freshman quarterback coming in. There's not a lot of experience there. And this is where I give James Franklin credit. I thought his answer was very candid. It's hard to get a quarterback to transfer in to be a backup. If they're transferring, it's probably because they're a backup where they are and they want to start somewhere, and that's just not available at Penn State. And not only is a quote-unquote starter position not available at Penn State for a transfer portal, and you should always be shopping at the portal no matter what because you never know, but there's no opportunity really. You know what I mean? Like there's – there's nothing that he can sell as an opportunity to play slash start for meaningful minutes unless you ha- find somebody who wants to buy the notion that I could pass Bo Prabula and be one snap away from starting. 
That's not what transfer portal guys are looking for. That's the best opportunity Penn State can present. And it's just not very attractive. And James knows that. Doesn't mean he doesn't keep shopping, but it means he knows what he's selling. I'll I'll go a step further. I don't even think it's about selling a guy on beating out Bo Perbola. I think it's selling him on being able to start, which just is not going to happen. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not. We also got to meet uh, Marcus Hagens, the new wide receiver coach. But I think the more interesting thing wasn't so much what he talked about, but a couple of points that James Franklin made. I found it interesting, and if I and I do take him at his word, he says they talked to a lot of guys before selecting Marcus Hagens, which give you the impression he didn't have this guy picked out prior to getting rid of the previous guy, Stubberfield. And the other thing was his point of emphasis about how important recruiting is, that he doesn't have coaches. Well, this coach is a recruiter, and this is a guy is a coach on the field. It's you got to do both. But I think he left no doubt that Marcus Hagen's connections in areas of Virginia was a very important part of his hire. Yeah, this was – so he didn't want to talk about um, Stubblefield. And, of course, he didn't want to talk about it. Something went sideways there. From my perspective, I can't see it being talent development at the position. It just – it hasn't been lacking. But what has been lacking is recruiting those players or those high-end players and then developing – them into next level potential high NFL draft picks, wide receiver ones that clearly stand out. I think overall the position under Stubblefield was developed well, but I think in James's eyes, it was recruiting. This was a recruiting firing or parting of the ways slash hiring. This was about recruiting. And I don't think I heard looking over the transcript, it wasn't like James talked about the new guy and his sort of, you know, his strengths or talents or what he likes about him, liked him as a person, you know, what he did at his school, how he, you know, et cetera. What about his coaching chops? And he just, that's not what he was looking for here first. Does that matter? Yes. Is James ignoring it? No. But this is a recruiting hire. End of day. This is a guy that he wants the wide receiver position recruited better at Penn State, and Stubblefield wasn't doing it. Exactly, and I think you see it more when you look at the other positions and what the the recruiting level has jumped up most everywhere else. You know, I could go through the litany, the defensive backs, the linebackers, defensive ends, offensive line has come up to speed, running back's been good. You bring in a five-star quarterback in Drew Aller, wide receiver, tight ends have been wonderful. I think it's been that wide receiver is the one Achilles heel on this team, and somebody has to take the hit for it. That was Stubbefield. Final thought, I thought it was interesting. James Franklin talked a little bit. He was asked about Malik McClain. Um, the new wide receiver that came in from the portal from Florida State, how he's been impressive from day one, and he tested well. Although he did also mention both Storm Duck and 
Malik McLean, both tested well. Are we ever going to hear that a portal guy or a freshman comes in and did not test well, Andy? No, you're not going to hear him say that. The interesting part is you have to read between the lines with James sometimes, and I love doing that because he'll sort of tell you a little more than you really think he is. But reading between the lines, these two guys, they're going to play. They're going to play. They're going to have important roles on this team. They're going to be counted on for significant contribution as we go through the offseason and build up to the 2023 season. These are two guys and two names that are going to be part of the 23 team. Which makes them pretty much like all the other transfer portal guys who came in. They're going to play. Um, that's That's been the case, the tradition already. Andy, that's it for quarter number one. Stick around. we got a lot more to go, starting with quarter number two. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. He's Andrew P. Shea. I'm Jim Galante. And Andy, let me tell you what I've got as your topic for today. All right, we've got a new season, a new year. We talked in quarter number one about those guys who are going to the combine. That's a lot of talent going out the door, okay? Correct. Still a lot of talent returning, but my question for you is going to be, who are the guys who need to step up in the 23 season? Now, that can mean a couple different things. It could be the star who 
needs to take the next step and become the superstar? Or is it the guy who's been a backup but needs to step up? Or the guy who's been a starter but just has not played to his full uh, capability? So a lot of ways to go with this. We're going to start with the offense in quarter two. Quarter four, we'll get to the defense. We'll sort of go position by position, Andy. You know, I'll, I'll hit the position, maybe give a couple options. You'll give the answer, and then I will tell you why you were wrong, and I will give the correct answer, okay? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, Let, let's start with the offensive line. It's interesting because you have five starters there. You've got a lot of options. Is it, you know, Fashionu, the guy who's supposed to be a first-round draft pick who's coming back? Is it Hunter Norzad moving to the center position and taking over for Juice Scruggs? Is it Caden Wallace coming off of injury who hasn't fulfilled his potential? Or is it somebody else? A lot of ways to go, Andy. Where are you going? I'm going, I'm going, I I do have one person for this. I don't always have a one person answer, but this one I do. It's Caden Wallace. He needs to step up. He needs to nail down the right tackle position and be a consistent asset to this offensive line. He was banged up, injured, hampered last season. The tools are there, and this is his time. I don't make the coaching staff. His job or his ability to step up is don't make the coaching staff wonder if Drew Shelton can play right tackle, right? Because as long as Olu's healthy, he's your left tackle. Is Drew Shelton a right tackle? We don't know, but he's a good, young, developing lineman, right? We saw that in 2022. Don't make them figure out if he can play right tackle because you can't step up and nail down this position. You have some help around you. You have some experience. You have some talent. You guys know what they're doing. They know how this offense works now. They're a veteran line, in my opinion. Not a not a elite veteran line. They're a veteran line with enough experience to know. Be part of that. Step up and nail down the right tackle position. I actually agree with you on that one, Andy, but I'll throw in honorable mention Hunter Norzad. I think making that shift to center, Juice Scruggs, I believe, was underrated. He was one of those guys. We didn't really notice him, but he did the job. Hunter Norzad, that's a big role to fill uh, at center. And I think the issue would be if he doesn't do it, do you have somebody else ready to fill those shoes? So I'll throw Hunter Norzad in there also. Uh, Let's go outside. Let's go to wide receiver. We talked about this being a bit of a disappointment when we were talking about Marcus Hagans coming in as the new wide receiver coach. This is another place, Andy, where you could go several different ways. Is it one of the portal guys? Do you want to see Lambert Smith step up to be the starter? How about one of the youngsters stepping up? Where are you going there? Anybody, anybody who plays wide receiver. I'm looking at four guys. Give me one or two. Dante Cephas, transfer. Keandre Lambert-Smith, recruited known. Younger receiver Harrison Wallace III shows flash inconsistent hands Malik McLean the transfer from Florida State one or two of these guys really need to become weapons in this offense you have a young talented quarterback and he is going to need a little bit of help he will get some of that assistance required as he sort of 
works his way into the QB1 role from the running back position. That is going to be an asset. It will be the focus of this offense heading into 2023. The quarterback is a five-star kid and all of that. The focus of this offense isn't going to be the quarterback. It's going to be those studs at running back. And opponents are going to be hyper-focused on the run game of Nick Singleton and Catron Allen, as they should be, as they will probably need to be because those two guys will wreck your defense if you're not doing a good job for them. Anybody, there's opportunity in the wide receiver position. Can they get open and can a wide receiver one emerge? That is what needs to step up. It's the position and somebody emerging in an opportunistic field because the run game is going to be the center of focus. Okay, Andy, I, I want to re-explain the rules of what we're doing here That's today. <laughs> there, there's the group and you're supposed to single somebody out. Although your point is well taken, it is. There's a lot of guys there. Somebody's got to step up. To go into the spirit of the game, though, I'm going to pick out Keandre Lambert-Smith, who has always been a complimentary guy. With Parker Washington out the last couple games, he stepped up a bit. We saw it in the Rose Bowl. Even if he's not a clear-cut number one, I think he needs to show he can be one of the two primary guys. Give me Dante Cephas. Healthy, makes the jump from the mat to the Big Ten, is productive, massively productive. Receiver can be. I'll, I'll eyeball him a little bit closer through this offseason heading into 2023, but I don't disagree with you that Keandre Lambert-Smith has shown some of that. Even if, if Cephas comes in and, and he's this season's Mitchell Tinsley, I think Keandre Lambert-Smith then needs to step up and maybe be this season's Parker Washington or her facsimile thereof. So um, let's go from a position where it's the answer is we need anybody or at least a couple guys to step up at wide receiver. Let's go to tight end. And I know I was ready to say there's only one tight end at a time, but there's not. We found that out with this offense. We can see two and even three tight ends at a time. And I think you could go a couple different ways here. Is Theo Johnson ready to be the number one? Is Tyler Warren ready to step up? And those of us who have been big fans, is he ready to show that promise? The other thought is, do we need to see that third guy step up? Because we saw those three tight end formations, Andy. So we need a third tight end who could play. Who do you got? And don't say all of them, Andy. No, I, I I look at it a little differently. I don't see the tight end as a problem in terms I, I don't not a problem. I don't I'm not worried about them having the ability to step up. Do they use a lot of twelve and occasionally thirteen personnel? Yeah, but I mean Theo Johnson it, it's his time, right? Like he's the one. This is your moment, Theo. You're gonna have a, a stud quarterback. You're going to have an outstanding run game. They're going to be figuring it out at wide receiver. You've already proven your worth down the field. You can you can create separation. You can be a nightmare matchup. Healthy and whole, it is Theo Johnson's time. If this offense is going to be 
really explosive, he will play a major role in it. That's how I will put it when it comes to him. But I, I think they have an outstanding tight end room. There's no concern there. But if you want to go from really good to great, you know, they were averaging 30-some points a game the last, you know, five games, six games of the season. Well, Ohio State, five games of the season, 30-plus points. If you want to be there or go higher, Theo Johnson is the one that can take you there at the tight end position. Tyler Warren can do it, but he can't do it like Theo Johnson can do it. I'm in agreement that Theo Johnson has to be the guy. I think he will be the guy. I I think his talents are obvious, but I want to see Tyler Warren step up. I think he's got more talent than he's shown. I think sometimes he got lost behind Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, and I think moving up to number two will give him that opportunity. And by the way, just as a point of edification, when you talked about the 12 formation or 13, it means one running back and two tight ends or one running back and three tight ends. Go ahead. You had another comment? Yeah, I just wanted to say that when you're thinking about Tyler Warren, you've always sort of saw him. This is this will be Tyler Warren outside the box, right? Like they've always found sort of a niche little excel, you know, where he can excel role because they didn't need any more out of him, right? And they didn't need to ask any more out of him. What can he do now that they can ask more of him? I'm not saying he can't do it because the guy's ridiculously athletic. What does that look like in this offense? He's going to get that expanded role opportunity this year. What does it look like in this offense? It's very exciting for these two tight ends at that position. Let's go to quarterback simply because, Andy, I think in the overall grand scheme of things, you know, we could talk about everybody else stepping up. I think it's a valid argument to just say Drew Aller has to step up and be the guy, and if he does, everything else will fall into place. You're wrong, Jimmy. You're wrong, Jimmy. Bo Prabula has to step up and be a rock-solid number two in sort of the same manner as Drew Aller did from the spring through the end of fall camp last year, where he left the coaching staff and James Franklin, no choice but to name him as QB2. Bo Perbula needs to step up and be be one step away from being Penn State's starting quarterback. He needs to make a huge progression this spring and, and be at that level for Penn State. They really need to feel comfortable and confident in who is behind him. That's why I disagree with you. I actually do agree with you, Andy. After you talked about Aller, I was going to tell you why Prabola is the guy. I think we've seen enough from Aller. Real quickly at running back, I I don't think the pressure's on those two kids. They just got to be what they were. I'm sure we'll even see more improvement. If there's pressure, it's is there someone who's available to be a third guy Injuries do happen to running backs, Andy. They do happen. Jimmy, the least talked about position this offseason for Penn State, for us and anybody else, will be the running backs. Because you can talk about RB3. That's deep. That's going too deep for me. Those are two studs. Enjoy the offseason getting ready for them to show you what they got next year. It shows you the strength of the position when the only nitpick I have is, gee, who's going to be the third string running back? 
All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number two. Stick around. Quarter number three, we've got your questions. We're going to ask Andy. Stay tuned for that. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions for Andrew P. Shea. And if you want to ask a question, by the way, it's the offseason. Things a little bit slower. I want to hear from some new people. Send me questions. If you haven't sent a question before, if you've got the app, you know where to go. If you haven't, please download the app. Just search on Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button. You'll see the Ask T. Frank button. Love to hear your questions. They're always fun. Also, at the end of this segment, we are going to pick out a best question. Or actually, Andy's going to do that. Pick out the best question, and they will get the prize from 409tailgateclub.com. You get a nice prize pack of the new coffee barbecue rubs. Andy could attest to What's the last thing you made with the coffee rubs, Andy? Uh, I did uh, a pork tenderloin. I did two pork tenderloins on the grill with two of the three rubs. I I compared and contrasted because I wanted I didn't wasn't sure which one to use on pork, so I went one on one and one on the other. I did the French roast and the Sumatra. Very good. Um, 
I got to get down to the Shea household for when you start grilling, Andy. All right, let's let's get to our questions. Let's start with, um, let's start with Carl in Lock Haven, who says, "Who is a player for the twenty three season that we're not talking about enough?" That's a really good question, Carl. We we are not talking enough about Curtis Jacobs. That's my answer. Linebacker Curtis Jacobs. Abdul Carter and wearing number 11 at Penn State, at linebacker U, he's stolen the conversation at the position. Do not underestimate the value and the work that Curtis Jacobs does and brings to the table for this defense. It is part and parcel why Abdul Carter can be the full unleashed freak, right? That is part of it. So it is... It is Curtis Jacobs gets talked about the least, I think, for the work that he does for this defense. That's a pretty good answer. And right along those same lines, I'll mention Adisa Isaac as another guy, you know, coming off injury, been away, you know, two years removed from the injury. I want to see what they do. Okay, here's a tough question for you, Andy, and I'm I'm prepared to step in if need be. Tom from Tunkanagash, whatever happened to Ajani Shakir? He was the wide receiver commit to Penn State who decommitted but hasn't signed anywhere. Want me to take this one? Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Um, I have to admit, when I saw the question, it was, you know, good question, Tom. I was like, gee, I wonder what did happen to him. Didn't he commit somewhere else? Apparently not, Andy. I looked around. I could find, like, zero news about him. Huh. And... did the he last... decommit for Penn State, or do we think Penn State sort of decommitted from him? Remember, this is wide receiver, so I think he decommitted. Um, and, in fact, the last news item I even saw about him was a article in December prior to the – after he de- decommitted, but right, right around commitment day was, gee, might we still see him – commit to Penn State because Penn State's still in need for right. wide receivers. So, uh, Tom, good question. In fact, that you stumped us. Don't know what's going on with him. All right, let's move. Let's move on. Let's go to, ah, here's an interesting one. Randy and Penn Hills says, hey, Andy, who made the better hire? Nebraska with Matt Rule or Wisconsin with Luke Fickle? Oh, Nebraska with Matt Rule. Yeah, 100% Nebraska uh, with Matt Rule. Um, Prior sort of rebuild from ashes and dust up at Baylor, you know, after the Coach Bryles mess, um, NFL experience did not go well for him. Um, Yeah, I I think it – I like Luke Fickle, but I think Luke Fickle is going up. Matt Rule's coming back down with more experience, uh, um, already having success of doing what Nebraska needs, and and a wealth of knowledge, the ability to identify a staff and connect with kids is something that I think hurt him. Like that connection at the NFL level, they're pros. They're men, they're pros. You treat him as such. I think there was a gap with that with him. So I think the college game is better suited for Matt. And that's a really good question, Randy. And I think it is Matt Rule at Nebraska. 
I'm going to go the other way, Andy, and here's why. I think that um, Luke Filkel has done it at Cincinnati year after year after year consistently. If you recall, he took the Ohio State head coaching job, and it did not work well for him, okay? So I think he's already gone through that tough stage that some coaches go through where he was fired, let go, things didn't go well. I think he learned from it. He's been at Cincinnati for a while and has had a lot of offers and has turned them down waiting for the right situation. So it wouldn't surprise me even that Wisconsin has also assured him the resources and that's why he made the change. And remember, he's got a Midwest and Big Ten background. I think that will also serve him well. Um, I'm not. Maybe this isn't the exact answer to the question that Randy had. You know, what was the better hire? But I think that Luke Fickle, the fact that he chose to go to Wisconsin, tells you it's a pretty good situation to succeed there. We'll see if that's actually. Um, what happens. Let's go to Sammy in Johnstown, who says, hey, Andy, you've called James Franklin a great CEO-type coach. What areas of coaching do you think he could still improve, and what can he do better on game day? (laughs) Well, that is a very good question. So, I think on game day, I I think he needs to – where he comes short on game day is I think he gets a little too involved at times with the decision-making process below where he needs to be as the head coach on that day. Um, I think he's calculated – I think he's always thinking. I think he's got analytics running through his head. I just think he needs to have a better feel as the head coach of when to hold him and when to fold him. It seems the 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 thing that strikes me over his his nearly decade as a head coach is, you know, it it some of his decision making in game feels awkward or forced or out of place or out of position. And it's just, it's wonky. It's like, what are you doing? You know, pick your, he has to learn as a head coach to pick his moments better and stay up at his level and be focused on that rather than, you know, dipping down a little bit into the offense or the defense, which you have to do as the head coach, but make sure you go right back above so that you're in touch when those critical moments and those decisions need to be made. They don't have you turning your head sideways and going, what? Why now? Why this? Why now? You know, the fake field goal here, the going for it on fourth down there, the not the decision not to go for it. They just seem a little wonky at times is the best way I can put it. Like, they don't feel like they're sound decisions. Well, I'm going to pretty much agree with you, Andy, because I feel like James Franklin is a really smart guy. Oh, really smart. And as someone who's, um, you know, comes from a technical background, analytics and so on, I very much appreciate it. I think he's a smart guy and he uses analytics to make decisions. 
However, I think sometimes coaching, you've got to do it by gut instinct and feel for where the game is and adjust and adapt to it. You know, you may have in your head, gee, the team that gets the most explosive plays is the team that wins. So I'm going to coach to that and try to get the explosive play, even though I'm up three touchdowns and I should now be getting conservative. Or, you know what I mean? It's like he gets locked into something instead of doing the feel thing. And I always, one of my examples was, remember when they were ahead of Ohio State in Columbus several years ago, they had a big lead and it's like, okay, what are you going to do now? And they went out on the field, poor field position. And I just said to myself, the way this game is going, my God, if on first down, they do that same uh, zone read, the merge point, five yards behind the line of scrimmage that they've been doing and the hot, it just isn't going to work. And boom, you know, they, there's like two defensive ends meeting Saquon Barkley in the backfield. They lose five yards. They're behind the chain. You know, it, it called for something bold at the time just for fe- having a feel for the game. I will also add, though, I think having Manny Diaz and Mike Yursich as your coordinators, I think those guys have been very good at adapting to the game situations. Correct. And have contributed to that and have been helpful to that. Again, it's just my instinct telling me those two guys have been part of it. Credit to James Franklin, though, for letting them make those decisions and perhaps even contributing to them himself. Uh, let's see. How about Bob in North Carolina who says, why do you think we've been unable to get that massive defensive tech, t- defensive tackle? Since there are plenty of large offensive linemen, is there anyone on that side of the ball who would be able to convert to defensive tackle, Andy? Yeah, Bob, it's the hardest position to recruit. I've said it. I'm like a broken record when it comes to that. There's very few of them, and Penn State's just simply not in a position to achieve recruiting other than one of those two or three or four, maybe. There's four of them in the entire country. They're just not in that recruiting position to land one of those guys. It's pretty simple. They're just simply not in that position, and they're so hard to find. They're so hard to find. And I think I'm going to piggyback on our last question, which is do they now have the ability to adapt to the fact that they may not have that guy? And I think Manny Diaz and what he does on defense, I think he's uniquely designed to uh, make decisions that would cover for the fact that they may not have that guy. That is it for this segment. Lots of great questions. Stick around. Quarter number four, we're going to announce our winner. Stay tuned for that. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. 
You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to quarter number four of our show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Andy Shea. Andy, before we get to our Q4 topic... Real important. We had a good set of questions in quarter number three. But you, my friend, we talked about who has to step up on the field. You, my friend, have to step up on our show and show me that you are capable of picking out a winner. He hit us with a good one right out of the chute. It was Carl and Lockhaven. Five really good questions created a lot of conversation. But, Carl, yours was, yours was a step-up question this week. All right, Carl stepped up. Carl will be getting in touch with you about the coffee barbecue rub prize from 409tailgateclub.com. Carl, as the winner, you'll get a free batch sent to you. The rest of you losers could go (laughs) online (laughs) and purchase it yourself. All right. There are no losers here, Andy, on our show. Everybody gets a participation ribbon, all right? How's that? Let's f- finish up our conversation that we started in quarter number two where we talked about guys who need to step up. And we went through essentially position by position in quarter number two on offense. I want to go on the defensive side of the ball. And just as an overview, Andy – it's a different conversation on defense because there's not the same kind of pecking order among players. They played, essentially there were like 22 starters on defense a year ago. And I imagine it's going to be similar this year. So I I just feel like it's a little bit different kind of conversation, but let's start on the defensive line. I don't know. I scolded you when you picked out multiple guys for wide receiver. We're starting with the defensive line. I'm going to allow you, if you want, to pick out one defensive tackle and one defensive end, or you could just pick out one overall. So who do you got on the defensive line? So for the interior of the defensive line, I don't 
Yeah, you want me to pick one? I can't because I truly believe, and I said this at times last year, and I've the way this group is developing, the four of them, I think they're better than the sum of any one part. They really are. Uh, Akeem Beeman, Kazai Izzard, Zane Durant, Devon Ellis. Those are the four guys. I don't think one of them should – I don't think they need one to step up. I really don't. I think the sum of them is greater than any one of them. All right. Very good, Andy. I mean, um, I know you want me to I, name one, Jimmy, but <laughs> I, I I can't see it any other way. And Penn State fans, you should be really comfortable and confident. You don't have the hammer D tackle. And we got a question about it in quarter three. But I I just think when I watch these four play, I don't see gaps and mistakes and and – you know, overall play that makes me go like somebody needs to step up and fix that. I'm I'm going to name a name, and I'm not sure it fits exactly the stepping up, but Kaziah Izzard is the guy that I'm going to be watching for, Andy, because I, I think he's a guy who um, could they make him that replacement for B, P.J. Mustafer, the one technique? They could. But is that in his best interest? Is right. it in the team's best interest? Exactly. I'm going to be curious to see how they make that work. I just get the feeling that what we're going to see is a bit of the hybrid. We're, we're going to see a formation that doesn't look like the traditional, oh, this guy's the one technique, this guy's the three technique. So um, I, I understand what, what you're saying there. How about a defensive end where the defensive room – end room is just plain loaded Andy I can name several of these guys that I'm you know just really happy about can't wait to see them play but is there someone among that group that you'd say you know I'd like to see him step up it is it is tonight Dennis Sutton so what you got from he's going to be a sophomore what you got in his first year was a man's body and a child at the next level football wise it's time he needs to sort of become a little more polished at his craft and become more of an impact player because he's got it in him. And you can't expect that out of a true freshman sort of filling a role in his first year. There are flashes. You saw it. Now it's time to become a little more polished at his craft. The frame screams impact player. The the – the, the step, the athleticism, the power, it all screams impact player. It is, I, I really think it's time for him to step up and become more polished at his craft and make it a three-horse, sort of a three-horse rotation at that position and make it even stronger. He's the one to do it. He's capable of it. And I really think he's going to do it because I think he's really good. I, I do too. And this isn't a guy that I'm going to uh, point out to step up, but I just have to mention him when we talk defensive ends. I love Chop Robinson. I think he's As a star. Should. He's a star. Um, but I will mention it will be interesting to see, for me, Zariah Fisher and what he can do back healthy. Uh, again, that's, that's often a question when a guy's coming back off injury. Yep. Okay, Andy. And I always point this out when we talk about linebackers. 
Remember just a short year ago, conversations about linebacker. Um, we weren't sure where Curtis Jacobs was. We didn't really know who Abdul Carter was and what he was going to be. Um, we thought there was this huge hole at middle linebacker. Where are we now? Who is the guy that needs to step up among that group? And there's a couple different ways you can go here. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can go here. For me, at the linebacker position, Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs need to step up and become one of the, if not one of the top three elite duos in college football across the country. Um, Carter's going to get more attention this year, as he should. Um, They are going to be accounting for him differently and doing things to sort of try and slow him down. The combination of the two, Curtis Jacobs, second year at that position, more comfortable and confident as a starter. The two of them together, can they go from being a freak and a really solid linebacker to being an elite duo that can literally change or take over a game on their own accord? They're capable. Can they do it? That is the step up I'm looking for at the linebacker position. Uh, that's interesting. I'm, you know, I'm going to go a different route. Those middle linebackers, and I'm not sure if it's a case of so far what we see is what we get, or could somebody step up and be the guy there? You know what I'm saying? Instead of it being it's a shared room, and I think right now it's shared because neither guy has stepped up and proven he can be the guy. Um, I'd like to see one of them do that. Uh, let, let's go to the defensive backfield. Another place okay. where th- things are interesting. I know you, well, let's start with safety. Cause I know you want to talk about the safeties, Andy. So let, yeah. let's hit that up. The last couple of years between Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown, you also had depth at safety, but you had that, you had a star back there. And right. with Brisker. Yeah, superstar you knew Jair Brown was coming and would be the superstar the next year. Is that where the issue is? Is it depth? Give me your take. Who needs to step up among the safeties? Yeah, it's not about depth. Let's just say that right there. I, I am. I'm landing on Keaton Ellis. He's a veteran. He's experienced. It is his time. Down the stretch, you could see there were times when he was on the field that you couldn't miss him. Like, you couldn't miss him out there. You were like, man, I can't miss Keaton Ellis doing what he's doing. It's a second year for him in this Manny Diaz sort of mad scientist aggressive defense. It took him some time this year, not adjusting to the position, but adjusting to the way Manny Diaz plays defense. Because Keaton Ellis, he's more of a let the game come to him and then uses instincts and athleticism to counterpunch a little bit. That's not how Manny coaches and wants you to play defense. Towards the end, he was playing more aggressive. First read and go. A little bit of his hair on fire. This defense is going to need it. And do they have options? Well, yeah. They got Jalen Reed, Zakee Wheatley. Uh, Kevin Winston can play. They're all going to be viable options. But... For Manny Diaz's function, defense to function at its absolute best, he needs that safety to, to be the man. And 
I think with his adjustment through all of last year, it's Keaton Ellis for me. Um, I, I don't disagree with it, your answer, Andy, but I'll go a little different direction. I think between Zaki Wheatley and Jalen Reed, those guys seem to be the ones who have to be next in line. And you're right, Keaton Ellis, he's the veteran there, and I think he will do well. I'm not going to put the pressure on him to be the next Jaquan Brisker or Jair Brown, but he is that veteran guy. I want to know, can Zaki Wheatley or Jalen Reed or both of them step up to be one of the guys? That will be interesting for me to see. Um, let's look at cornerback, and it's kind of the same thing about Joey Porter is gone. Everybody has to go up one step. Kalen King has to be the guy. Johnny Dixon has to be the next guy. Storm Duck is coming in. Is he going to play the Johnny Dixon role? Who has to step up, Andy? Kalen King's a star. We know it. He played with Johnny Por- Joey Porter at the other corner. It's a little bit of a shadow, but as the season go along, you're like, okay, Kalen King's a star. This guy's going to be an NFL player, and he's a star. Uh, I think it's Johnny Dixon, for me, in a more – in a higher snap role, in a more consistent role. He could go out there in his role with King and Porter on the field and be, you know, a little handsy and a little sticky and, you know, push the envelope a little bit. He can't always do that playing and play out as, you know, one of the two corners. So if Johnny Dixon is your starter, does he fit into that role? Or Storm Duck, your other starter? If Johnny Dixon's your starter, can he be a little bit more consistent and not be so much on the edge as a starter. That's the only thing I'm looking for out of him. And, you know, don't forget Daquan Hardy's back as a nickel, too. So He is. He's going to play the role that he he has been playing. All right, Andy, that is it. We're out of time. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. 
Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com.